Amen. Amen. We're so grateful to the Lord for having so many members of the staff who love the Lord. And I love the fact that that love of the Lord spills over into their various roles. Sometimes we just got to get out of the way and let T love the Lord a little bit. Because I guarantee you we'll benefit from it. So bless you today, Tornisha, for blessing us. I hope you take some time in your own personal life just to get away from all the hustle and bustle and phones and technology. Just sit with your own thoughts. You and the Lord just share with one another because it's a two-way street. You just talk to him and let him talk back to you while you listen. It can happen, and if you haven't experienced that, then I urge you to try to do it. Don't force it. Just allow it to happen. It's a transformative experience. Doesn't have to be long. Just has to be purposeful. We've been for the last few weeks in a sermon series that we entitled Paradox. We've been looking at statements that, that seem to contradict, but in reality teach a greater truth. And we want to continue in that vein today. We started out talking to you about Jesus' direction to his disciples and those listening to always give more than people expect, even if it's your enemy. You'll find that Jesus is teaching us how to live the life of a believer in this broken world. Dealing with those who don't support you. Dealing with those who don't even believe in anything. And certainly don't believe what you believe. How do you deal with those circumstances. And he said, always give them more than they expect. Set the example. And, and then he, he told us that there was a benefit in being broken. We don't always understand that, that there is a benefit in being broken. And we, we try to share with you how that blesses everyone. And then last week we talked about the burden bearer. His yoke is easy. And his burdens, he says, are light on us. Not no work, but work his way. And this week we want to go to the gospel according to St. Matthew. Chapter 5, still dealing with the end of the Sermon on the Mount. If you'll allow me to lift up a few verses and starting at verse 43 of chapter 5, I think you'll hear something that can be beneficial to you. Jesus said, you have heard 
that it was said, love your neighbor and hate your enemy. But I tell you, love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you. Come on, Jesus, what you doing? That you may be children of your father in heaven. He causes his son to rise on the evil and the good and sends rain on the righteous and the unrighteous. If you love those who love you, what regard will you get? Are not even the tax collectors doing that? And if you greet only your own people, what are you doing more than others? Do not even pagans do that. Be perfect, therefore, as your heavenly Father is perfect. That ends the reading of the scripture at the 48th, 48th verse. Jesus once again has come and basically thrown cold water on his audience. They're listening to him, all of these truths that have been racking them in this entire fifth chapter of Matthew and here at the end, he gives them instruction on how to, how to deal with your enemies. He tells us something that seems, Karen, counterintuitive. He says that you ought to not only love your enemies, your enemies, your enemies, your enemies, you ought to love them and pray for them. Yeah, do we know who our enemies are? What, what word do we use these days, Jeremiah? I think it's your haters. Those people who despitefully try to use you. You're supposed to love them through all that. And you're supposed to pray for them according to what Jesus said. Nobody else said it. This is not someone's interpretation. This is what Jesus said as recorded by Matthew. And so you must ask yourself the question, do I have the power? Do I have the strength to do that? And Jesus gives us some clear examples. He said, if you only love the people who love you, what good is that? He said, even your enemy, he said he used the most reviled person in the community as his example. Publicans, tax collectors is what they were. They hated tax collectors because tax collectors were actually Jews who had been hired by the Roman state to take care of them and get their taxes. In fact, it was worse than that. The way you became a tax collector was by bidding for the job. And the highest bidder is the one who got the job and was allowed to go out and collect the taxes. And so some Jewish person would bid to become the tax collector and work for the government. And of course, in collecting the taxes for the government, he's also collecting his administrative fees, which is why they were always wealthy and rich. And they were hated because they were of the people. And yet they didn't belong to the people or care anything about the people. They'd always have a staff of people who could come around and take your property or take whatever else. And he used them as the example. He said, not only should you be loving them, you ought to be praying for them. Because even they do that. They pray for the people they love. And so if, if you only pray for the people you love, watch this now, you're no better than them. 
And how can you be no better than them and be mine? Because that's not the example that I've been giving to you. No, I've been giving you a different example. And so one must ask the question, well, how then, Jesus, are you able to do it? What's the power that dwells in you that allows you to do more than that? And therein lies our subject for today. There must be something in us that empowers us to do more than the average person. We have to have something that we can draw on. Because I bet if you, if you were in here, if all of you were in here today, I'd ask you by a show of hands, how many of you think you can do in your own power this love your enemy thing? And I don't think many people would raise their hand because that's a hard task to love folk who hate you and who act on that hate towards you. And so how can I do it? And today I came to tell you, you walk with me on this one, that there's a superhero in you. There is a super, a superhero on the inside of you. Just about every superhero story has the same beginning. Just about every one of them. We meet at the beginning of the story. You know, you've seen the Hollywood version, the comic book version. You meet this average person, man or woman. They go through life until at some point there's a life-altering event. And that life-altering event transforms them into a superhuman being. Then the rest of the movie or TV show or book revolves around this newly created superhuman being trying to hide the fact that they are a superhuman being. That's, that's the script on just about every one of them. They spend their days trying to suppress the fact that they have something within them that is unique and which empowers them to live differently than other people. You can run the list of superheroes down and all of them are, are struggling with that. And we see a whole lot of different situations come up in those movies uh, when there are flashes of the super part. But they quickly get back into character and try to go back to their quote-unquote normal lives. There are some exceptions to the general plot line, and I'm sure there are a whole lot of y'all out there that are going to fact-check me on what I'm saying since y'all are steeped deeply into the Marvel comic universe and also into DC Comics. Y'all know this stuff better than I do. I can tell you generally one exception is the Incredible Hulk. Benjamin Banner, Banner, Benjamin Banner, the problem is he was normal and he did have a life-altering event. But in reality, that life-altering event turned him into Hulk. I didn't want to use Hulk because Hulk is the epitome of anger. The epitome of anger and I didn't think he was the proper one to use. Plus, there are better examples than Hulk, and one that compares directly to us. Two in particular come to mind. They are Superman and Wonder Woman. Unfortunately for y'all who love Marvel, they're both from DC Comics. But the difference in these two individuals is crucial. You see, both of these individuals, Superman and Wonder Woman, T, were born super. They were born super. 
In fact, they are hiding as humans. They're hiding as humans. So Clark Kent and Diana Prince are the costume that they put on each day. But in reality, they are super beings from birth. They were born with superpowers. Why is this distinction important? Because those of us who are believers in Christ Jesus and who have accepted him as our Savior have something in common with Wonder Woman and with Superman. Now, what we have in common is that we, too, have been born again and have superpowers. We were born into a new relationship with Christ, and when we were born, the superpowers were indwelled in us under the power of the Holy Spirit. And so what we do every day, even though we've been empowered by the presence of the Holy Spirit, is put on the costume and try to go back and be normal every day. So we're actually hiding the super in us so we can get along with folk every day. We're trying to continue being the average Andre that I was before I was empowered with the Superman who now indwells me. I don't want to step away from everybody realizing that I've been empowered to do marvelous things with the power of Jesus Christ. And if you are believing in Christ Jesus, you are too. Jesus tells his audience, striving to be average is no better than your enemies. Most of us don't want to put any ripples in our relationship with other folk. They don't want we don't want them to see us as different. We say we're just keeping it real. But what we're doing is just keeping it real low as opposed to keeping it real high, as opposed to elevating the folk around us. We are dumbing down our abilities. We're going along to get along. Y'all know this has been happening forever. You know the smart boy in class who would never let anybody know he was making straight A's on his test because he didn't want to be different from everybody else. And so when, even though he got an A++ on his spelling test, when people ask him what he made, he said he made a C and never shows it to anybody because he doesn't want anybody to know I did a super job on my spelling test. That's how we are in life. We hang out with folk who may not be as gifted as us, may not even have the superpower indwelling in them. We just want to go along to get along. Both of these two movie, TV heroes, superheroes I just told you about, had to go through a period of trying to perfect their superpowers because it's not something that comes automatic. Ironically, the only way you can perfect the superpower that's in you is by using it. That's the only way. And so you've got to exercise the power on a regular basis if you're going to grow it and get some degree of control over it. And that can cause problems. Paul experienced this. It wasn't to say that he, was, he wasn't trying to say that he was perfect. But he never stopped trying to be perfect. He never really got the grasp of trying to use his superpower. He didn't even know he had any superpower until Jesus met him on the Damascus Road. 
And that's when he empowered him. That was his life changing event. Most of us believe that we can be super in our own power. And it's not until we run out of our own ability that we want to draw down on the superpower that's in us instead of learning how to use the superpower on a regular basis. We just put them aside until we need something special. Oh, come on, you know what I'm saying. You're going to go along to get along until you run out of your ability to change things. And then you're going to go in and you're going to pray and you're going to ask the Holy Spirit who's been there all along to come in and empower you. And if he was honest, he would say, I've been here all along. You've just been ignoring me. So many things could be different if you would simply allow yourself to learn how to have the relationship with the Lord that he so desperately wants to have from you. But two things have to be in place in order for you to do that. One, you have to be persistent. And then two, you have to have clear vision. Clear vision on what you want to do. Some of us don't want to consistently use the power that's in us because we think somehow that's going to make us have to be a preacher or somebody that works at the church every day or you're going to have to do something. But can I tell you, there are a whole lot of superheroes that are needed in everyday life. Yeah, we need superheroes in every capacity of the world. And if we had more superheroes in every capacity of the world, then being super would be common. And it would elevate everyone else's perspective on how to have a relationship with someone. Let me see if I can give you an example of that. In his letter to the Philippians, Paul reflected on his own life. And he said... I had enough going on in my own life that I was pretty, I was pretty top guy. He, he, said, he said, I had been circumcised on the eighth day. He said, I was of the stock of Israel. I was of the tribe of Benjamin. I was a Hebrew of Hebrews. Concerning the law, I was a Pharisee. Concerning zeal, I was persecuting the assembly. Concerning the righteousness which is in the law, I could be found blameless. So if I, just want to, if I just want to pat myself on the back, by the world standards, Paul was top notch. If I wanted to just go with what I could do. But once he met the Lord and realized there was a power greater than him that he could depend on, he said, now I count all of my resume that I just read to you as loss. And I traded away willingly for one thing, and that is the excellency of the knowledge of Christ Jesus, my Lord. In other words, I'll give all my yesterdays away, all my training away, if I could just know the Lord better, if I could just be closer to him, if I could just have more knowledge of what he wants me to do. What Paul wanted more than anything else is what I came to tell you today you ought to want. And that is to know the joy of the fullness of your salvation in Jesus Christ. And Paul said this to them. He said, not that I've already obtained or that I've been made perfect. He said, but every day I'm pressing on if, if, because I want to take hold of that for which I was taken hold of by Jesus Christ. He said, brothers, I don't regard myself to have yet been taken hold, 
But one thing I do every day is that's forget the things which are behind me and stretch forward to the things which are before me. I'm not resting on my, la my laurels, T. I'm not resting on my resume. I'm not constantly telling people how great I was yesterday, but I'm trying to be better tomorrow through Jesus Christ, and he's empowered me with a super being to do those things. But it takes clarity to be able to see that. You got to be willing to stand out and stand apart. And not a lot of people are willing to stand out and stand apart. No, no, no. Because you also have to have that as a clear goal. That means that's got to come before your career. That's got to come before, sometimes before your family. That's got to come before everything else in your life. Knowing him and knowing him fully has to be the top priority in your life. But we got a tendency to compromise. We settle for less than the best if it's going to put us on the outskirts with everybody. Jesus didn't do that. Jesus didn't care if his family wasn't supportive of him as long as he was doing his father's will. You can't imagine the grief that Jesus had to endure from his own family. You can't imagine the grief he endured from his enemies, but I'm not talking about his enemies. I'm talking about his family. The people he grew up with, the people in the same house made his life miserable because he wouldn't compromise his beliefs to go along with them. Somebody in here ought to hear me right now. Somebody in here has been trying to live better and you can't do any better because home keeps holding you down. You got haters in your house that won't let you be any better than you've already been. You've been struggling, but not because of the folk outside the house. The folk in the house won't help you. They talk about you. They dog you. They put you down. They say, don't take all that. And you sometimes may not have the strength to opt out of the beating that they're giving you verbally the pressure they're putting on you emotionally. But when you learn how to apply your faith, your values, and your moral to a new standard of ethical behavior, you're gonna get some trouble behind that. People are gonna challenge you at every turn. People get tired of you always trying to take the high road. Oh yeah, they, they struggle because what they see is a reflection of themselves. And every time you take it higher, they realize just where their standing is. Because they realize how difficult that would be. Jesus gave us a clear example of how we ought to live. They'll start calling you, they say it's joking, but they call you Jesus Jr. As if that's not a negative statement. They're not trying to celebrate you. No, 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 no. They're trying to denigrate you by calling you Jesus Jr. Yeah, you gotta learn though how to be what God intended for you to be and you gotta use the superness that's inside of you. Watch this now. Stop trying to dumb down the teachings that Jesus has given, that, that's what we do. We wanna take the word of God and we wanna make it fit our situation. It can be as clear as a bell, but if it doesn't fit what our situation is, then we start trying to find exceptions. Yeah, dumb it down just a little bit so it makes it easier for us to clear the bar. This is another problem we have. We always compare our goodness 
not to the standard that Jesus gave, but we compare it to our neighbors, which means we're using an imperfect measuring stick. As long as I'm doing just a little bit better than the man or woman standing next to me, then I must be doing all right. But that's not the measuring stick. We shouldn't be measuring ourselves against one another. A little bit more righteousness than my neighbor, if it's not doing what Jesus tells me to do, is still wrong. Never gets to the level of righteousness. We got to strive all the time to be the children of God and reflect his righteousness. So the question I came to ask you today is, are you any different? Are you living any different? Does anybody know that you have the power of God indwelling in you? Can they tell by your words, by your actions? Are they exemplary? Does your behavior tell them that you are, in fact, empowered with a super being? Or when they look at you and hear you and observe you, does the word common ring out in their mind? Can people around you tell that you are different? Jesus is teaching us, he consistently taught us, that our religion is not worth anything if it doesn't demonstrate a higher life, if it doesn't give people a higher standard. Our love that doesn't elevate human love it's not worth anything if people don't understand what the difference is. Watch this now. Let me compare this to, uh, 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 give you a comparison that one scientist did. Jo George Barner does a lot of scientific surveys. He's a poster. We read him all the time. You've heard me talk about him before. And he did a study that asked unsaved people to use a single word to describe Jesus. This is unsaved people. And those people responded that Jesus was wise. He was accepting. He was compassionate. He's gracious and he's humble. Then he asked them to use a single word to describe Christians. And the survey came back and the people said that Christians are critical, exclusive, self-righteous, narrow, and repressive. How in the world can we represent Christ if how we live isn't representative of Christ? We must not be using the power that's within us. God expects more from us because we received more than regular people. How can you give average for your extraordinary salvation? Jesus said this. What are you doing out of the ordinary? I want to give it to you in different versions of the Bible because this is what he's asking. What's so great about what you're doing? Are you doing anything exceptional? What are you doing? Anybody can do that. How are you any different from them? Does anyone know there's a super being inside of you? And you say to yourself, when you have trouble, that I can't possibly be an overcomer. Well, let me tell you this. 
if you have the spirit of God dwelling in you, the Holy Spirit dwelling with you, you shouldn't be talking and using the word Cain in your life. No, 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 no. You can't do it in your own power, but there's nothing impossible for God. And if he dwells in you and you depend on him, then there's nothing he can't do through you. Because the Bible tells us that we are more than conquerors. Sometimes we don't feel like it because we wake up on Monday morning and we look in the mirror and instead of saying, good morning, Lord, we say, good Lord, it's morning. The person in the mirror in no way resembles some sort of champion. You don't look like the super being that you are. You got challenges coming to you on every side. The problem is you keep looking at it through human eyes as opposed through a child of God's eyes. Don't you know that the people in the Bible were just like us? Don't you know that these folk got up every day just like we did? Don't you know that they experienced the same problems you and I have? I told you over and over again, stop looking at the Bible as some kind of comic book. These were real people who went through real situations, but they served an extraordinary God who empowered them to do extraordinary things. Why aren't we having the same kind of experience? If we had more people using the Holy Spirit, then this world would be decidedly different than it is right now. If we had more believers in Jesus Christ, if the folk who say they believe in Jesus Christ, you got to know our community would be different than it is right now. Jesus said, by this, this, all men will know that you are my disciples if you love one another. If you love one another. He didn't say if you didn't love the folk who love you. He said, if you love one another, people will know that you, you belong to me. And so there's some things that ought to be apparent if you're a believer in Christ Jesus. Can I tell you, you ought to have some superhuman effects coming out of your life. Oh, yeah, there ought to be some superhuman effects coming. The Bible says that we're to be the salt of the earth, the light of the world. We're to be a city on a hill. Everybody ought to see us. Like salt, you have the ability to alter the flavor of your community. You have that ability. Wherever you go, you ought to be salting that area. Your school, your family, your job, your life should be so different from everyone else's that it stands out like a lighthouse. If you keep spending your time trying to blend in, then you're not using the power that's within you. You're a lighthouse, and you ought to stand out. Now, that doesn't mean you stand out for your own glory. It's because you're shining the light of Christ that's in you. That's why you stand out. If you're a parent, your children ought to be influenced by you. If you're an employer, your employees ought to see the goodness that comes out of you. It should be above average goodness. If you're a student, then your fellow student, your peers, ought to be different for no other reason than you're around them. Christ tells the 
uh, has always told the disciples, you need to learn how to turn the other cheek. You need to give them more than they ask for. You need to learn how to love your enemies. If they ask you to go a mile, you ought to go two miles. If they want your coat, you ought to give them your overcoat too. How many of you know that that's not normal behavior? But if you do that, then they will know that you belong to him. That's the superpower in you that allows that to happen. When somebody offends you, you need to learn. Watch me now. When someone offends you, you got to learn how to give them a gentle answer. Yeah, cussing out shouldn't be your first response. No, 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 no. Cussing out shouldn't be a response. You don't hear me now. You need to learn how to give them a gentle response. Not because it's easy, but because you're using the power that's in you. You need to learn how to return kindness for meanness. You need to learn how to keep your mouth closed when somebody accuses you of something. The power in you. Don't start plotting to get revenge, but use the power in you. Let him deal with it. This battle is not yours. It belongs to the Lord. If I'm his child, then he has to see about me. He has to come check on me. The next time somebody is trying to disrespect you, the next time somebody offends you, just sit back and wait because there's a parent-teacher conference coming and God's going to show up and have his say about your situation. You don't have to have anything to say. Just let him come and deal with the situation. You only make the matters worse when you try to go into the principal's office by yourself. Let the Lord show up. Selfishness is a strange foreign concept to Christianity. There is no selfishness in Christianity. Jesus was never selfish. What he had, he freely gave away. A true Christian lives to do good to somebody else. Not because they get a tax deduction, but for the joy it gives in serving the Lord. And for the joy only do they help other people. Now, now let me tell you that. This all requires a power that's greater than yourself. But didn't I tell you at the beginning of this, you have that power in you. He's dwelling on the inside. How do I know that? Because you've been born from up above. Yeah, you've been indwelled from something that is not common to this world, that comes from the holy of holies. You got the power you need indwelling you if you simply learn how to use it. You're a child of God. Y'all don't hear me now. You don't hear me now. When God, when God blessed you with your rebirth, he breathed his DNA in you. He put his Holy Spirit in you. You are a child of God. If they did a DNA swab on you, God's DNA would come back in your thread if you are his child. Which means if you got his DNA in you, you got his power in you. Why are you not using it? You're glad because you got other stuff in you. Yeah, I got my mama's singing voice. Or I got my daddy's hair. 
What about the fact that you have your father's power dwelling on the inside of you? Use that for your benefit. You know it's important. Now, people need to understand this because every creature in the world reproduces after its own. That's a, that's a miracle that, that God created. Oh, oh, you know it's true. Down to the genetic level. Down to the genetic level. Fish love water. Groundhogs love to be in dirt. Birds love to be in the air. You've been implanted by God with his divine nature and it replicates in you if you simply utilize it. You can't do anything but love to be holy if you got a holy God in you. So my question to you is, why are you putting that me suit on every day and going out and hiding in the crowd? Why are you still trying to deny the superness that you are by not depending on the power that dwells within you. Christ has given you his strength. When you get to the end of the poor resources, I don't care how much you're able to amass down here, it's still not enough to do all the good that needs to be done. You have a power that you can tap into. It doesn't matter where you live. It doesn't matter the circumstances. It doesn't matter if you are Android or iPhone. It doesn't matter what, what street you live on, what level of education you have. It doesn't matter what your mama's name is or your daddy's name is. It doesn't matter if you went to formal school or if you never even walked by a school. None of that matters. You, as God's child, have the greatest resource ever given to mankind and you can tap into it at any time you want to if you're healthy you can tap into it if you're sick you can tap into it if you're hungry you can tap into it if you're well fed you can tap into it but you need to learn how to apply it if you don't feel good you can tap into it if you're overjoyed you can tap into it the greatest resource God has ever given us is called prayer and if you're not utilizing prayer then you're not tapping into the power that God has given to you. Superhuman communication ability is what you have. Just when you're going down for the count, all you have to do is think. You don't even have to open your mouth. No, 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 no. You don't even have to say a word. Just think, Lord, help me. And he can hear it like it's a shout from a megaphone and he'll send his angels. He'll even come get you himself. That's how good he is to us. Why? Because you belong to him. Why is it that he does it? Why do we want to continue to use the superpower if we're not using it? Why? Why would I step out there like that, Andre? Because I'm grateful. I'm grateful that God has been good to me. Oh yeah, I want to let everybody know I'm grateful. How do I show that gratitude? By living right. Yeah, by living right. Every time I come out and I put on that costume of me yesterday, I'm disrespecting God. Every time, oh, you need to hear me now. Every time I come out and I'm the me I used to be, that's disrespectful to God. Every time I elevate Andre, I'm disrespecting the holiness that's in me. I need to elevate what he has put into me. Let everybody know, yes, I'm different. I'm proud that I'm different. Why is it so easy to say I'm black and I'm proud and we can't say I'm born again and I'm proud? 
Holy lives matter too. You need to hear me. I need to live right. I need to show folk I belong to him. I've got his power indwelling me and I'm not, I'm not afraid to show folk that I love him. The moment you get to that place, then everybody can start seeing the superhuman that's inside of you. It's an amazing thing, Anthony, about the Superman. Once he stopped hiding as Clark Kent, people started accepting him for the superhuman that he was. They did. You ever notice that? It was okay for him to walk around as Superman. He felt all right. Just being the me that I am would become all right if I learned how to do it. If I'm not ashamed of it, then people will start accepting the me I am. But as long as I'm ashamed of who God has made me, Christ suffered for me. Why is that something for me to be ashamed about? Christ died for me. Why should I be ashamed of that? Christ was resurrected for me. There's no shame in me letting folk know I appreciate him for doing that. What's the end of it? I'm going to get out of here. The end of it is one day we're going to all live together again. I love it. What's the end game? <laughs> the end game is that we'll all get back together again. I love it. I love it. I don't know what day he's going to come and snap his finger. I don't know when he's going to come put it all back together again. I'm not looking forward to him taking me to some place in the sky. I'm looking forward to him making this right here the paradise that he wanted it to be in the first place. That's what he can do. And nobody has the ability to do it but him. He'll make it all right one day. We'll all be together again. That's what happens when you serve a superman, a super God. He's able to bring everybody back you love at one time. And I'm looking forward to the resurrection power that comes from serving him. They may have left here long ago, but only my God through his superpower can reunite me with my mama who left 20-some years ago. Only a super God can reunite me with my daddy and my grandmama and my granddaddy and all my friends. I can fellowship with them. Why? Because I serve a super God. I can hang out with Vince again. I can hang out with Maurice again. I can hang out with all my friends, all my loved ones. Why? Because I serve a super God. When I need to start using the superman that's on the inside of me so I can bring other folk to that eternal place again. Do you know him? Have you had the Superman dwell in you? Have you had him come to be a part of your life? Now's the time for you to accept him. Simply accept the gift of salvation that he's offered you, and you too can be one of our super friends. God bless you. So glad to have been with you today. Hope I get a chance to see you in the 61st week in the Cyber Sanctuary.